and One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, Joyce. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you here in Luan Emotional Podcast. Hello, Marion. My, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mm. Excited. So today's guest is an amazing woman. She's a medical doctor. She worked as a pedi pediatric surgical oncology and her surgery assistant for three years with the Mexican government at Ciencia to build strategic alliances for pediatric cancer prevention. She then relocated to Tel Aviv, Israel to be the medical research director at a startup called Med Intelligence, which is personalized medicine. She collaborated with an NGO called My Child's Cancer Base in New York City. She's certified in psychedelic therapy and research at CIIS and mind-body medicine and Ayurvedic yoga massage. She's currently studying functional medicine as well. Joy, she's an activist and passionate about the use of psychedelics in the medical field to approach psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology. She has a personal interest to build a bridge between ancestral medicine and future wellness technologies and heal through personalized medicine. This is amazing, Joy. You have all the background of scientific research with all the knowledge that we can have from ancestral traditions, right? Such as, you know, plant medicines. What has been your experience with all the work that you've done with psychedelic therapy? Well, my experience has been amazing. Uh, I think I am the most impressed person by the results. I never seen something in Western medicine work in such a way that it's so profound and so fast at the same time. And especially how we tropical, like tropicalize the, the ancestral traditions to the Western culture. That's something that really impresses me. Like we can actually bridge knowledge from, from our ancestors and then, and then put it on a Western medical environment and it works so amazing. So, so far my experiences, like I told you before, I think I am in the right place I, at the right time of, of life also because uh, it makes me believe that it's, it's a third the revolution of psychedelic Um, the, the third psychedelic revolution. And I, I believe it's going to make a change. I think humanity needs this right now. Like I'm going to go super big, but I, I, I do think so that we, we went through a very, very tough period with COVID. Um, and this is really like, it's hope for me. It's hope in the psychiatry field. It's hope in, in many aspects of the human evolution. Of course. Something that's been fascinating is the amount of research that there's out there, um, all the amount of studies. And for example, I've just heard that the U.S. recently released the biggest microdose study ever done, that it was made in a collaborative way, which is fascinating because usually it's kind of like, you know, one research center conducting it. No, So sometimes some people could be a bit biased, like, okay, is, is the research, you know, real or 
they just chose like, you know, the same type of people. But over here, when it's a collaborative project that people who are doing microdosing or microdosing around the world are putting their own benefits, their own experiences, it actually gives a lot of hope because you have people from different ethnic backgrounds, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, from different religious backgrounds, from different medical conditions. And it's fascinating to see the benefits that people have. And could you discuss with us a little bit, what are the benefits that you've seen that have kind of like made a before and after in your patients? Um, well, you have two ways of consuming psychedelics and you have the microdosing and macrodosing, as you were saying, right? Um, you can consume very small dosages of the substance that needs to be subclinical, which means you don't need to feel it. That's part of the microdosing experience. And it actually works as, um, as an antidepressant, like it works in the same receptor. So the, the benefits are similar, but there's some research done, and this is one of the, the most impressive research I've read, um, that when you microdose of psychedelics, is a bit different from a normal, regular antidepressant, which means that your brain actually is connecting more and you're feeling more emotions mm -hmm. uh, in com comparing to an antidepressant, which is blocking you a bit, like it's blocking you from recognizing other other emotions in other people and that makes you bear with your own depression mm. so when they saw these results in the mri they saw that with psychedelics especially with psilocybin you can actually recognize more and connect more with other people mm -hmm. right so the facial recognition is is increased so this is like wow right like what psychedelics are doing is connecting you more um and making you feel more. And, and, and at the same time, it's going to the receptor of serotonin, which makes you happy. So mm -hmm. that will be the microdosing benefits in general. People use it for many different things, for uh, some addictions like nicotine addiction or for OCD when you have obsessive compulsive disorder or some people that have a diagnosis and they were like, I don't know what to do with these, like maybe pain of the, of the nerves or some chronic pain that, that they were like, I don't know what to do, or like fibromyalgia. And, and we've seen amazing results. There's not enough, as, as you said before, there's no enough scientific research to prove um, so much about microdosing, but there is enough uh, information out there from people who have reported the benefits of microdosing what it's for sure is that it's super safe mm -hmm. and that's also a very good benefit you can actually just stop taking it and you don't have withdrawal effects or anything like that so that would be the benefits of microdosing and the real deal is with the macrodosing macrodosing it's something that like when you read the trials, you're like, I cannot believe this is going on. Like really like people are reporting some results that it's so incredible that like, I think MAPS, which is a multidisciplinary association of psychedelic sciences already doesn't know what to do with the information. Um, it's just incredible, especially with MDMA, which is uh, what we know as ecstasy, And uh, psilocybin, which is the active compound of uh, psychedelic mushrooms. MDMA for PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, is one of the best therapies in the world. Uh, in three sessions, you can really go from a CAP score from, 
I think it's hundred or or something like that to five, which CAP score is a score that you measure uh, trauma, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And the results are amazing. You do three sessions um, separated by, by three weeks or three months and, and people just like have amazing results. They go back to their families. They go back to work. They go back to feeling liberated. They can they can actually process the trauma, which is just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And with psilocybin, we have amazing results with, with addictions and with end stage life disease anxiety. Like when you're diagnosed with cancer and you have a lot of anxiety uh, because, because of the death sentence. So people take psilocybin also with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder and, and other things, but people reported experiences compared to losing a parent or the, or the, I don't know, or having a baby, right? So, so these major life things, that's a comparison. So macrodosing has amazing results if you're doing in the right set and setting. And, and yeah, basically that's it. I, I don't know what more it's gonna, it's gonna come out, right? Like I'm so excited about it. And I, I I've been going to some conferences and I also seen the other potential benefits that psychedelics have, like for example, mescaline has a very good benefit for diabetic retinopathy, which is something that we 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 were we had no idea. So there's more things. The more the research is open, the more things are coming out. As I believe, that's why my interest of psychoneuroendocrinoimmunology, because I believe there is a connection between the brain and our thoughts and our immune, our immune system, right? And that means that probably a lot of autoimmune diseases like are gonna be, um, I don't know if, if cured is, is a word, but probably treated. treated with some psychedelic medicine in the future. That, that's my feeling. Of course. And it's incredible that it's, you know, this medicine and this wisdom that we've had all, all, all the time here with us. Right. But recently at some point it was kind of like seen as something bad. And then eventually more research started coming out and more positive experiences. And now it's been, you know, quite open. The amount of magazines I was, you know, reading the other day, you know, the New Yorker and the New York times and many, you know, kind of like, um, well-established, you know, media institutions and, uh, and more and more people are talking and writing about all of these benefits. I want to ask you, what is the difference in an experience between a psilocybin experience and an MDMA experience? What are kind of like, what would you recommend both to be focused on? Well, MDMA, uh, it's not a psychedelic per se. It's an empath- empathogen, which means it, it makes you feel a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Like it goes to the same receptor, which is a serotonin receptor. But when it makes that with MDMA goes inside the body and makes that bond with the receptor, it, do, it also produces a lot of oxytocin, mm-hmm. which we secrete when we are uh, in love or where, when we have an orgasm or where, where we deliver a baby or we're breastfeeding. breastfeeding. Exactly. So uh, what you feel when you take MDMA is a lot of love. And your amygdala gets, usually when you have a trauma, the, the, the amygdala is this part of the brain that remembers that thing so you can, so you can protect yourself from, the, from another injury, right? Like when you put your hand in the fire for the first time and you get burned, 
then the amygdala remembers that. And then with less stimulation, you do the same reaction. You, you move away your hand. So that's what the amygdala is doing. When you have a trauma, the amygdala becomes hyperactive. Mm. And what MDMA is doing is just like lowering the activity in the amygdala, which is just like releasing all these thoughts, memories, and emotions without the, without the physical trigger. You're mm-hmm. just like, usually when you're reviving your trauma, you're like shaking or crying or really defensive. And when you take MDMA, you're just like open and you feel trust again. Mm-hmm. And you can share this with your therapist. And one of the most important things in that therapy is that you recover trust mm-hmm. because one of the issues with PTSD with people who have PTSD is that they don't trust anything. Mm-hmm. And that like sickens a bit the society in general, right? Like trusting, but what you expect from an MDMA session is just like to feel a lot of love. And there is like, when you read the research, there is something super amazing. Someone described, which is you release some trauma from your body. Like I remember reading the story about this guy who had handcuffs and he had trauma from going to jail and he felt that something released from the wrists. So there is a feeling that something comes out of your body also with MDMA. That's like the, the other interesting thing that, that, um, No one really knows how to explain that, but um, that's what you would expect with MDMA. And with psilocybin, which is a psychedelic compound, you would actually have hallucinations. So Mm -hmm. you go there to have a mystical experience, which means there is like a lot of stages to to have a mystical experience, which means like um, hallucinations, um, change of body temperature, Dissolution of your ego, which means that you are not longer yourself. You're connected with every with everything, and then contact with something bigger than you, which is the definition of of the mystical experience. It can be God, the universe, cosmos, whatever. But you realize there's something bigger mm-hmm. than yourself, doing all this orchestration, divine thing, and and we're all connected in a way. And then you have a rebirth. And in that cycle, it's like a rebirth therapy, but you go through some story, like some narrative, some hallucinations, some projections of the mind, some interpretations, and that will be the psilocybin. And also you have that in the ayahuasca experience and the mescaline experience and the LSD experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's fascinating. In your in 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 my, in my experience, for example, with ayahuasca, I've done it several times, and um, and it gives you. I think for me, something that was completely breakthrough was the connection that it gives you, the connection with yourself, and the connection with however we want to call it, the higher being, the universe, the existence. No, and and it's kind of like this uh, pathway, kind of like opening a door, and once you open it it stays open kind of like the connection is already done you can continue living your life your everyday life and you know you know think about work and whatever you're doing but kind of like that that connection is is done it's it's already done and it's not going away and you cannot unsee it (laughs) you cannot unsee it so it's kind of like once you experiencing once you experience it and and most importantly you're experiencing it kind of like i see it 
metaphorically as if we've had different bodies or different, you know, uh, parts of ourselves with us, because it's not only the physical benefits of, of it, but also the psychological and the spiritual and also the energetical, you know, so, uh, ex- mm-hmm. benefits that you can have. And it's kind of like a before and after. And the same thing happens with uh, psilocybin. I think they're kind of like similar energies, no? maybe psilocybin a little bit more uh, subtle, right? Maybe less intense. And it's a perfect way maybe to start kind of like getting to know this, um, well, this uh, world, no? Because every time, for, for, for example, from all the people, family members and friends, or even my experience and people around me that they've been with um, psychedelics, of course, it has to do the set and setting. It's super important to know with whom you will do it, in what time, of of situation you're in, if it's kind of like a good moment, a bad moment, no? And also the preparation you need to do before and afterwards. It's not kind of like, hey, I'm just going to a party and let's go to a microdose of psilocybin. It doesn't work like that, right? You need to have your intention and you need to start kind of like working it. I would see it kind of like an onion, no? Kind of like peeling, you know? Kind of like these uh, layers until you reach kind of like the place that it needs the most healing no? so it's kind of like getting there getting through it no and um, are there any um side effects that you would say or anything that people should be careful of yeah uh, well basically for mdma you do have to do a screening of of in general you you you're not supposed to do these experiences or these microdosing or anything if you're taking some psychiatry medications, or if you have family history of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. That's um, something really important. It's not that the psychedelic can cause you the schizophrenia, but it can trigger it, mm-hmm. right? So it's important that you, you have some medical history around the use of psychedelics for that. With MDMA, you have to be cautious about blood pressure because it can increase your blood pressure. And if you have an history of um, heart disease or something, it's really important to know before doing that session mm-hmm. because it increases the heart rate also. Like, mm-hmm. so, so that will be the, the caution there. And for psilocybin, basically um, the side effect, it's diarrhea, a headache, and that's it. There's no side effects, basically, like nothing, no addiction, no high blood pressure. That's why they are using psilocybin for cancer patients, because they have a lot of comorbidities and other diseases and everything. And and they, they are taking a lot of medications and you can use psilocybin super safely with them. So mushrooms are a really safe thing. The worst thing that can happen is you have a bad trip, but usually the bad trips or cha- like in, in psychedelic medicine, we don't use bad trips. We use the challenging trips. Mm-hmm. And usually the challenging trips are the most therapeutic, therapeutic ones. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So they, they, they actually like it's shadow work. Right. And, 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 and yeah, that's what you should be cautious. Always know the source of the medicine. And as you said, like an expert, the set and setting, it's super important. Your mindset, it's not only, how are you feeling today? It's also the system of beliefs that you had when you were a child, your spiritual education, your religion, your ideas, everything that it's yourself, the construction of yourself. It's important because, for example, 
if you don't resonate so well with a with with a ritual with a, like if you're very religious maybe it's going to be really hard for you to sit down in a ceremonial space right and then it depends a lot with with your system of beliefs and how do you feel comfortable and if you feel like you can really surrender to the experience and that's the key to to a successful experience or therapy of course and i think maybe one of the most difficult things is the moment when you are letting go of this physical reality no and you are kind of like in the in between no and you already have you feel the substance acting on you and you're kind of like oh, why did i did this you know why didn't i stay home like so why am i here no and then yeah you get completely on you know kind of like consumed by the substance and then your your journey starts but i think kind of like that letting go of not being able to control what is going to happen and at some point for once in your life kind of like being an an expectator no um, your healing experience it's something that of course could cause a certain anxiety in some point because you know you're not in control but at the same time there are many benefits of not being in control yeah Yeah, so let me show you something about this because usually when people are very emotionally very very disturbed or depressed or something they are ready to let go mm-hmm. because they don't have like they are looking for something to release, right? Mm-hmm. So when when I see clients or patients who are like I don't know what to do anymore, like I just they surrender completely. Mm-hmm. So and, and usually when you're when you're better in another position of life even if you think you're gonna do it perfectly your unconscious is always scared when your body starts shaking or you feel something strange and something your body wants to like grab from somewhere and just like yeah. hey what's going on so so i call it like the labor phase mm-hmm. the breathe yeah When you cross that membrane, you're like in the other side and that's it. Everything is happiness. But that part can be really like, it can be a struggle. They say in the, the psychedelic school, they explain it like this. If you see a snake, go inside uh, the mouth of the snake. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't panic. Or if you want to vomit, just vomit. Don't stay there suffering of nauseous. Like th- that's the thing that makes you suffer. If you, if you don't surrender to, to whatever comes. Of course. And if you put resistance, right, to whatever is coming, if you just let go and have the experience unfold by itself, then eventually you're going to get the vision or the message or the gift for that. No? If you're constantly kind of like fighting, fighting, then eventually maybe your truth is going to be about that, that resistance. And when you surrender is where the magic happens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, tell us about, well, you've done it, right? Many times. <laughs> tell us about, tell us about uh, your experiences. Have you had most of the time a good trip? Have you had bad trips? What have been kind of like your lessons from it? My lessons. Uh, I had everything. I had really good trips and I had a lot of shadow work, uh, which I'm always grateful for. Uh, I, I am a very well-behaved doctor. So I, I started by experimenting by myself, just getting the substances and doing by myself. And then I also went to indigenous tribes and people with more ancestral knowledge to do it. And I also went to the therapeutic setting, right? Like I, I experienced everything and it's been the best thing that has happened in my life, because even though 
I think the most important experiences for for me are my my shadow work because I think it's something that it's healing all my ancestral lineage, um, especially you so your your shadow work or your shallow shadow work shadow working with my shadow the shadow that I, I believe it's a transgenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. from the Holocaust, Holocaust, there's so many, like so many layers to the pain that I was feeling. Um, like, yeah. yeah and, and, and just realizing how many layers and how bad you can go to not repeat some patterns and just to, and, and just to open up. And I had like very strong experiences. I think my stronger experiences are with ayahuasca because you can navigate during like a lot and it's so deep and it's so strong and it's a conversation with something else. It's like, there's something else giving you answers. Right. So for me, what was the hardest part? It's when you see these visions and these hallucinations and you're not sure if this is a projection of your mind or this is actually a message, or this is actually an interpretation. And then you are like, what, what should I do with this information? Do I believe everything where I shouldn't? Or is, this is what happened with everyone at some point. And this is why we created all these like, you know, like uh, movements of activism and other stuff. So, so the challenging part, I think it's integrating that those experiences, like just like go back and say, okay, is this real? What is real? Actually, this is real, right? Like what we're living and, and, and becoming, I think all the uh, truth is one and paths are many and all the paths take you to be more present in general, like just to be more in the present moment with what it is and, and like that, but, but it's been hard. Yeah. Especially with I think with some projections of my mind, right? You have desires and you like someone or you have a vision of something and you're like, that, that, that's it. This is going to happen. It's going to manifest tomorrow. Or like, this is the love of my life. And suddenly it's not happening. And then you're like, what's going on with this message? So, so those are like very good stories. Yeah. And I think you know, it's, it's interesting because it happens the same thing with dreams, right? It's like sometimes when we're dreaming, we're actually the ones creating the dream, right? And we get impressed, for example, when we're having a nightmare, it's like, we should know what's actually going to happen in our dream. We shouldn't be kind of like surprised because we are creating the dream. So at the end it's like, who's actually dreaming if it's us creating the dream or if it's some vision that we kind of like grab or someone giving you the dream no but at the end i think we are the dream and the dreamer okay. and it happens the same thing when when we do psychedelics so sometimes we, it's us as well but it's also something outside of us mm-hmm. something outside of us at some thing that we connect with Yeah. And sometimes that could be, you know, um, something we, we cannot call it positive or negative because at the end, I think all of those experiences, even though some of them could be tough, no, um, eventually they're positive, but maybe it could be like comfortable or uncomfortable experiences. Mm-hmm. And when they're comfortable, yeah, you get, of course, like what you like the intention that you had, no? it kind of like takes you to different routes so you can um, experience it and heal your intention. And sometimes when it's, when it's an uncomfortable ride, no? that, you know, when it's rocky road, I think there's where the most healing and the most profound lessons are taken from. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's actually what, what we do. It's, it's the Jungian psychology thing about shadow work, about mm-hmm. working with your shadow, what's under the rug. Why we put it under the rug? To survive. Yeah. But if we are in survival mode, we're not going to evolve as a human species. So when we actually, we are brave enough to, 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 to say, I'm ready to see what's there hidden, all my monsters, everything. And you see them coming and actually it's like all these things that you, you thought you were doing and they were right, or you were just like relating to people in the, in the wrong way, or just, and, and you realize it's because you have a wound as a child. And then you start connecting all these dots that are super painful, but this is the actual work. The, the only way out is through and see and actually seeing the monster and seeing like, okay, I have this wound. I have these reactions and I am acting this way unconsciously. And, now I know why it's going, what's going on. And then you can actually change to build better ways to communicate or to relate to other people. And in general, psychedelics are, as ancestral people said, to heal the relationship with yourself, to heal, to heal the relationship with your family and your friends, and to heal the relationship with your environment, which is the eco-psychology. So... You, you say like people say all the time when they pray or they do an intentions to heal my relationships to all my relation to all my relationships, which is the most important thing, how you relate, because in this reality, that's it. No, how you relate, relate to other things that that's where we find health in general. Oh, you're on mute. Sorry. We once had this um, doctor She's a palliative care doctor. We had her in one of the sessions of Luan Live and we spoke about, you know, she has helped many, many thousands of patients, you know, kind of like, you know, embrace the death process, not only the patients, but also their families as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the, the question that, that came up is what were the regrets of the people that you were working for before they died? And she told us that, so the top three that she has experienced in her career has been regrets that had to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, not being there for my son or not seeing my parents enough or not healing the relationship with my dad or not whatever, anything that had to do with relationships. None of them, like after number four, five, six, no, and after that, maybe it came things about careers and things about um, maybe, you know, for example, not working, is the, working a lot because you didn't see your family that much. But the most important thing was related to relationships. So, when we die, I hope that eventually we, we kind of like live that life that is going to take us to our deathbed at peace. And, and maybe for that, we need to start taking care of all the relationships that we have right now, especially the relationship with ourselves. And that's where self-compassion comes in. And I think any psychedelic trip has a lot to do with self-compassion because it's kind of like first recognizing where you come from, no? recognizing, of course, the courage that, you, that you've had for doing the therapy, which um, there's a shaman that I've been uh, talking to that she says that every time that you're going to do psychedelics if you feel scared it's a good sign you know <laughs> maybe you should be worried when you don't feel scared about doing a therapy because maybe you know something's wrong there <laughs> and uh, and you know and and be able to um 
to because you connect with love right and with your self-love you open this world of self-compassion towards yourself in your psychedelic trip And I think it's something magnificent. If we could have a world that has more self-compassion, more self-love, then eventually we'd all be healing. Because in this society, sometimes not if, if someone has done wrong and then we put them, you know, we separate them from society, right? We put them in a specific place where it's hell. Mm-hmm. And we are not actually healing what the person, what the victim and the person that created the crime need to do is healing. Yes. So it's interesting that we are not integrating healing therapies inside the justice system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? exactly that point. If you interview people in jail and you hear their stories, you realize they had like hurt people, hurt people, right? Like it's all of these like cycle of non-stopping, uh, non-healing transgenerational trauma in general. And, and I believe that Psychedelics are a very, very powerful tool, well used, because they also have a, a way that it can get very um, bad, like misuse in general. Like there, there's, it's like I explained, psychedelics are like a tool, like the computer. You can watch YouTube all day or do really bad things in the computer. Yeah. Um, and you can also finish a PhD nowadays. In the, it's a tool, right? Like in how you use it. Yeah, so the relationship with the psychedelic is really important, right? Like how, the, if your intention in general is to be more present in this reality, I think you're always gonna have a good result and to be here for your loved ones, for yourself in general, but, but, but don't make it like an escapism, right? Like mm-hmm. I can face reality, so I just want to go there because I feel good and seeing all these hallucinations and everything. So, so that would be my advice in general for the mm. relationship with psychedelics. Mm, totally. What would be your vision of the future towards psychedelics? If I could tell you that you would have all the money in the world, that you could have all the opportunities and everybody's going to say yes, what would you do? Wow, I think... What excites me excites me the most. It's making a bridge between the with between the Western science and the ancestral knowledge, like opening a center where indigenous people can come and give their way of medicine, and also doing all the integration and all the medical part, like just working together uh, for to heal a lot of people. I think I think magic happens when we when we join forces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's my that's my dream in, in general like how we can collaborate with them and not just come as as sometimes in the states happens right i'm, I'm here colonial uh, colonizing with my idea and just it has to be this way and the western idea and and in squares i think magic it's going to be when we start mixing both in a very responsible way Mm-hmm. We honor them and we give them back also all the honor and respect they deserve for for keeping this secret uh, for all these years. And yeah, actually, I also am a huge fan of technology, right? Like I, I, I have a lot of devices, like very good speakers and very good music. Like So using technology also for these spaces, it's, it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and the vision is that I, I think... 
there is a way to to legalize or medi- medicalize psychedelics in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm working towards that path and see what what we can do for the country and help a lot of people that maybe they don't feel so good right now. Like we're we're facing a, a lot of emotional crises. So I think it's a great tool for mm. for the world. Yeah, to integrate them, no? Ancestral wisdom with um, with these new technologies. And if you had, for example, like the opportunity to give psychedelics to different groups of people, yeah. who would you choose? In what way? Like different groups? Uh-huh. Like I think I, I, I'm so moved by the by the women in Mexico, all the disappear. Mm. women in general like i think the families the mothers and and all like especially i'm very connected to female pain nowadays like i i feel it in my heart so i think i will choose like an unprivileged group of of mothers that have some trauma around this yeah yeah Mm -hmm. see no, and I think we have this um, female trauma from generations and generations and from centuries ago. So the, the, the amount of healing that we have to do with the abuse of, of female power, it's, it's insane. Because it's not only to women in some you know, countries around the world, but it's also to Mother Earth. And it's also to some feminine values, such as, for example, cooperation instead of competition and many other factors. So there's tons of healing that we need to do to balance more of these energies between female and masculine that you know, the whole world is integrated because of these two energies. So we need to honor them both. Instead of like um, abuse one and maybe appraise the other. Totally. Yeah. I think also, for example, to uh, governments, it would be quite interesting. Yeah, Imagine the impact that it would have in, you know, for example, um, ecological policies. It would yeah. be a huge impact. Also, policies, for example, in, you know, care. No? Mm-hmm. Health, it would a be seeing a different world. So. <laughs> a lot of doctors, but that's already happening. So. <laughs> yeah. so, the change is coming. The change is coming. And, um, and also, for example, what would you recommend for people that are thinking about it, but they're like, kind of like scared, which is completely normal. What could you tell to these people that, that they're intrigued? They kind of like feel like I would love to do it someday, but now it's not the perfect time. So I'll wait or maybe we develop more knowledge on it or let's do more research. What would you tell these people? I think the most important thing you can do is connect with your intuition. These things, when they call you, they call you. And even though if you're scared, if you have a calling, just open that book or make an appointment with someone that works in a psychedelic field or call a friend that has done some psychedelic work. You can also watch How to Change Your Mind on Netflix, which is absolutely amazing. Um, You can read the books. Uh, Just yeah open, open the door right like just go there and get informed and read a bit more or ask about these things because um i think if you it's it's not for i i'm not sure if i would say it's not for everyone but if you're curious about it probably it's for you 
totally. And I think it's kind of like, it's not that it's not for everybody, but there's different paths for people, right? And it's not the same path for everybody. So maybe for some people, it could be through uh, meditation and breath work. And other people would be through yoga. And for other people would be through hypnosis. And other people would be through psychedelics. No? The important thing is to listen to your intuition and listen to your, to your calling and kind of like address that action that you need to, to make to find that emotional healing to that suffering because no, with the kind of like the world that we're living in you know, the amount of information that we have, we feel overwhelmed by, by everything. It's kind of like an overwhelming world, no? And, and it's, and it's clearly affecting our mental health. We have the highest rates of, you know, anxiety and depression ever recorded. Some people could argue that it was because back in the day, you know, there wasn't people reporting it, but also I think that it's the demands of contemporary life. Yeah. That are getting completely out of control. Yeah, everything that's going on, people are super anxious. Uh, nutrition has changed a lot, yes. like the, the production of everything. The connection with nature is different. All the new social media, it's super, it's bringing new things, right? New, new comparisons, new addictions. So yeah, we're going through a exponential acceleration of the consciousness and of the world in technology, and we need to adapt to all these changes. And that's why all these tools are popping out, meditation, yoga, breathwork, Wim Hof. Um, and I think it's cool right now to take care of your mental health. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy it's becoming really popular nowadays, like to go to, to psychotherapy or just like, it's not, let's normalize that, right? Like it's open, it's accepted. And, you know, for some people, the other day I was talking with a friend and she was, she was, you know, about the dating scene. No, she was telling me that also nowadays it's a non-negotiable to date a person that hasn't done the emotional work. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Agree. Yeah. So it's open and it's a perfect time to, to kind of like, you know, dig into our, um, our emotions, our past, our, our not kind of like open our awareness of where we are in our life and how we can improve our, our quality of life. Because at some point we are responsible for that. We are responsible. Of course, I know that, you know, uh, for any of us, you know, we were born where we were born and it could be something extremely lucky or it could be hell, but all of us, we have the responsibility to work on our emotions and to heal and to, because we are more responsible for creating the life that we want than we think. Sometimes we leave that to, you know, that it's somebody else's um, kind of um, life and it's not, it's ours. And we have an active uh, position on it. We need to own that. If you understand the mindset of abundance and just like stop being a victim, which means everything happens to me, you start taking responsibility of your choices and of your boundaries and of the people you relate with. And then you become responsible of your own life. And it's mm -hmm. not like it's happening to me. And then I'm crying all the time. And then, then I'm the victim, right? Like, so it's the changing of, of the mindset, which psychedelics can really work as well as other tools, but, but that's where we need to go. Right. Not, not stopping um, and get there because it can get really, really deep and really in really dark yeah mm, totally amazing joyce uh, before we close i would like to ask you a few questions uh the idea is for you to answer in one or a few words just keep it short um what is art for you 
art for me is the expression of the soul. Mm. Who's your favorite author? Um, I think Alan Watts. Mm. I love him too. Yeah. An advice that changed your life? Advice that changed my life. Mm. Recent, uh, Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, for sure. Don't take anything personal. Mm -hmm. The best quality in humans? Heart. Mm. Good heart. A book that you recommend? Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's amazing, that book. Amazing. <laughs> What feeds your soul? My nourishment and wellness. Mm. The most pressing issue for humanity? Pressing? Uh -huh. The most pressing issue for humanity or one of the most pressing issues for humanity? I think inequality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If humans can agree on this, you will be very happy. Psychedelics are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> What would you like to scream to the whole world? Love everyone. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. What is it that you have lived and that no one could miss experiencing? Uh, take ayahuasca once. Mm. You must do it. Do it. They call it in Spanish La Soga de la Muerte, no? The exact translation in English would be kind of like getting near to death or the um, kind of like rope to death, no? Would we? Yeah. Because kind of like you experience a different awakening as if you were dead and then you come back to this. Yeah, they, if you die before you die, you will never die. So die before you die. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Amazing, Joy. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your experience with us in the Luan community. It was a pleasure to have you here. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your soul. Thank you for the invitation. And yeah, let's keep doing this. Yes, let's keep doing things. Thank you. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.